Hello once again, America, and welcome to the pre-Christmas edition of the show. This week we are going to be discussing the heartfelt and sincere gift given by the democratically controlled House of Representatives to President Trump, his impeachment. So grab a hot beverage and let's carefully open this gift, which was hand-wrapped with unfairness, dishonesty, with a big bow of hypocrisy right on top. This is the Common Sense Podcast. Once again, I would like to welcome you to the show. This is the Common Sense Podcast, and I'm your host, Dr. Matt. Now, I will tell you, as I was preparing for this week's episode, I had a whole different topic in mind. I was halfway through preparing, and as I was watching the news and what was happening um, with the trials and everything with regards to the impeachment of President Trump, um, I came to a decision on Friday of all days that I had to switch topics. So I did a ton of research, pulled in a bunch of information, and that's what we're going to be addressing today. I've honestly been shocked by the amount of misinformation there is out there with regarding not just the president's impeachment, but impeachment in general. And I've heard a lot of crazy things on social media and in the news and whatnot. So the the real purpose of this is not just to talk about my feelings about the impeachment in general, but to hopefully clear up some of the really big confusing points out there with regards to impeachment and impeachment of the president and and what it really means and to help cut through some of this confusion. So hang on, everyone. It's time to dive in and rain down some common sense on this whole thing. Ho, ho, ho. If you've listened to any of our previous episodes, you know that I am a huge fan of Minds.com. And here at the Common Sense Podcast, it's the one thing that we like to use. See, with Minds.com, you don't have to worry about demonetization, censorship, or unfair treatment that you've come to expect from Facebook and other social networks. Minds offers a fully transparent, privacy-focused platform with no bias, hidden algorithms, or censorship. And if you're a content creator, you can upgrade to a pro account Get paid for your work, more if you're channeling to a full-blown website with your own subdomain or custom domain, newsfeed, logo, theme, categories, and a footer, and all the works. Minds allows you to leverage the blockchain and crypto payments to eliminate the middleman and maintain autonomy over your revenue streams. If this sounds good to you, be sure to check out Minds.com today. So let's jump in here and start talking about this wonderful present that we call impeachment. And given the amount of confusion that I saw out there, I can't tell you how many people I saw that were overjoyed because they thought that the morning they woke up after the impeachment, President Trump was no longer the president and somehow Nancy Pelosi was now our new president. No, I digress that that wasn't the second part wasn't true. But there were a lot of people that thought that somehow because President Trump had been impeached, he was no longer the president. So let's get into a little section I like to call knowing the terms and facts. As your body grows big, your mind must flower. It's great to learn because knowledge is power. It's schoolhouse rocket, a chip off the block of your favorite schoolhouse, schoolhouse So what exactly does the term impeachment mean? Well, by definition, impeachment simply means officially charging someone in public office with misconduct or legal wrongdo- wrongdoing. 
The term in the process can be used for many different federal officials, not just the president of the United States, and impeachment does not mean that the person is guilty. So the next question most people probably are asking is, what is an impeachable offense? Well, according to our wonderful Constitution, Article 2, Section 4, it states that high-ranking federal officials can be removed from office if convicted of treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. Now, the terms high crimes and misdemeanors are debatable, and the seriousness is determined by the House and the Senate. Now, does impeachment mean removal from office? Not necessarily. Impeaching a federal official, such as the president, only means that the majority, namely 51% of the House of Representatives, approves of formal charges against the official. The Senate still has to vote to officially convict and remove the official from their office. And removal from office is not very common. You know, in the history of the United States, only eight officials, all of which were federal judges, have actually been removed from office after impeachment. And only two presidents have ever been officially impeached prior to President Trump, but neither were convicted by the Senate or removed from office. Now, the official process for impeachment includes six parts, and that is something we're going to talk about right now. Before anyone can be impeached, and for the sake of this podcast, let's just assume that person is the president, since, as we know, President Trump has been impeached. But the first step in this whole process is some kind of action on the part of the president. He must commit an act that appears to be of either treason, bribery, high crimes, and or other serious misdemeanors. The second thing is once the president has committed some kind of action, there has to be an official inquiry by the House of Representatives. Now, any member or multiple members of the House of Representatives can submit an official inquiry of impeachment. Next is number three. There's the hearing. And this takes place via the House Judiciary Committee. And this is a committee in the House, obviously, that reviews the inquiry to determine if there's enough credible evidence. And that's key, credible evidence, to pursue articles of impeachment. If the committee doesn't find enough evidence from the inquiry, the process ends there. If they do find enough evidence, then within the House, all 435 members are able to vote on the articles of impeachment. If at least 218 or 50 percent vote in favor of an article, the president is impeached. If fewer than 218 votes are in favor of impeachment, then the process ends there. Once this is complete, and this is where we are with President Trump right now, the House has impeached him, okay? So the normal next step, the fifth step in this process, is to have a trial in the Senate. So what happens is that the House of Representatives appoints members of the Senate to hold a trial, the Supreme Court Chief Justice presides, and at least 67 senators, or two-thirds of a majority vote, must vote in favor of a conviction, If fewer than 67 senators vote in favor of a conviction, the process ends there. If, however, you get that two-thirds vote, then the president is convicted in the Senate. And if that happens, then they may remove the president from his office. And once the president is removed, the vice president then becomes the president of the United States. And that, my friends, is the six steps of how a federal official is impeached in the United States according to the Constitution. So now that we know the terms and the facts 
of how officially the president is impeached and where we're at in the process, meaning that he has been impeached, but the Senate does not have the articles of impeachment yet to do their part. So we're still kind of in flux. But I do want to go back and now drop some common sense, some facts about a few things on the process. So we've got the framework. But let's talk about what some of the facts are in this whole case. It should be noted that um, Washington Democrats had made up their mind long time ago, uh, real long time ago, to seek impeachment of President Trump, honestly, before he was even inaugurated. Now, to back up what I just said there, you have to understand that in April of 2016, there was a news reporter who was quoted as saying, Donald Trump isn't even the Republican nominee yet, but impeachment is already on the lips of pundits, newspaper editorials, constitutional scholars, and even a few members of Congress. On Inauguration Day 2017, the Washington Post headline read, The campaign to impeach President Trump has begun. In April 2017, a senior House Democrat said, I'm going to fight every day until he is impeached. Keep in mind that this was only three months into his administration. Let's fast forward now to December of 2017 when Congressman Jerry Nadler, we all know Jerry Nadler from the, the hearings, openly campaigned to be the ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee. If you remember from the outline, the House Judiciary Committee is where they decide if there is evidence to impeach the president. But at this time in December of 2017, Congressman Nadler specifically was running to become the House Judiciary Committee, the head of that committee, because he was an expert on impeachment. And just so you know, this week was not the first time that the House Democrats introduced articles of impeachment for President Trump. In all honesty, it's actually the seventh time that they've done so. You know, six months into his administration, they tried to impeach him for being impolite. They tried to impeach him for being mean to professional athletes. They tried to impeach him for changing President Obama's policy on transgender people in the military. Now, of those reasons that I listed, none of them amount to what I would consider high crimes and misdemeanors. And last I checked, none of those reasons that were outlined there are evidence of treason or bribery, which those are the criteria under which any federal official, including the president, is allowed to be impeached. But yet, if you can find this believable, which probably most of you can, scores of Democrats voted to move forward with impeachment on three of those prior occasions. So hopefully you're seeing that House Democrats have promised from the moment that the election ended that they would find some way to overturn the voice of the citizens of this country because they're simply mad that their candidate didn't win. And what they've done for three and a half years is taken spaghetti and just thrown it against the wall, hoping something would stick. Just throw it, splat, what drops down, find something. There's got to be something we can do. Well... A few months ago, one noodle stuck against the wall, and what they found was, hey, there's something about a phone call with the president of Ukraine. Let's see if we can twist, manipulate, and lie our way into finding something there that we can impeach the president on. So in a nutshell, what the Democrats found with regards to Ukraine is that there was a phone call between President Trump and the newly elected president of the Ukraine. And in that phone call, they claim that he abused his power in asking for an investigation. Now, this is where it gets really 
dicey depending upon who you want to listen to. Okay, and this is kind of how I've I've narrowed it down here. The Democrats say that what he was asking for was he was asking for an investigation uh, to find dirt on Joe Biden. That's all the Democrats said. But in reality, there's nothing in this phone call that I've heard or read that indicates he was asking for dirt to upset a political rival. Instead, what President Trump was asking was basically, hey, we've seen in the past that Ukraine is a very corrupt country. You have been brought in, the new president has been brought in to end corruption. And I want to make sure before we do anything with you that there is no corruption, that the people that are around you that I think are still corrupt are not going to be there. And as proof, President Trump was basically asking for an investigation to find out what happened to over $8 billion, that's billion with a B, $8 billion of tax money, your money and my money that we've paid in taxes to the government that has gone missing. No one knows where that money has disappeared to. It did have something to do with a company over there by the name of Burisma, which just so happened to have a board member whose name was Hunter Biden or is Hunter Biden, um, who happens to be the son of the Democratic candidate for president, Joe Biden. Now, I'm not going to get into the whole Burisma thing with, with Hunter and Joe and things like that, but... The, the point here, the nutshell, or what, what you need to take away, sorry, not what you need to take away from this is simply this, okay? The president was asking for an investigation to find out where the $8 billion is. That's it. And as such, he was looking out in the best interest of America and its citizens. He wanted a record and an accountability of $8 billion. And every single American, I don't care what side of the aisle you're on, should be irate that $8 billion dollars all that money is gone we'll never see it we don't know where it's at we it, it's disappeared and not to get too graphic but it's disappeared like a fart in the wind everyone but bringing it back to the point of what the democrats are claiming their whole thing is don't worry about the eight billion dollars that's not important what president trump was doing in their eyes was trying to get dirt on a political rival who he will be running against potentially if he gets the, the nomination from the democratic party next year in the election so their first article of impeachment is abuse of power i think i've clearly outlined that there was no abuse of power whatsoever the president was operating in behalf of the American people, doing his job. His job is to protect us. His job is to look out for us. And that's what he was doing. He was simply trying to say, hey, where's the money? Before we give you more money, we'd like to know where the one, you know, the $8 billion that we've given you, where that's gone to. So let's talk a little bit about the House Judiciary Inquiry that led to the Articles of Impeachment. Do you guys realize that this was the most rushed impeachment process ever in the history. Now, granted, it hasn't happened a lot, but they pushed it through as quickly as they could. It was the least thorough and honestly, the most unfair impeachment inquiry literally in modern history. Chairman Schiff's inquiry was poisoned by partisanship from the outset. Let's just 
make sure that that is well documented here. The procedures and parameters were unfair in unprecedented ways. House Democrats tried to make Chairman Schiff really, they wanted him to be a de facto special prosecutor, which is what not what he's supposed to be, but that's what they're trying to do. They scrapped precedent to cut the Republican minority out of the process entirely. They denied President Trump the same procedural rights that houses of both parties in the past have provided to presidents of both parties who were impeached. President Trump's counsel could not participate in the hearing at all. They weren't allowed to present evidence or to cross-examine witnesses. And then the House Judiciary Committee found no facts on their own, did nothing to verify the shift report. Their own witnesses were nothing more than liberal law professors and congressional staffers. You remember that I mentioned that this was the most rushed impeachment ever? Well, let me tell you how I know that. And to do that, we're going to look at history. We're going to look at two cases in particular. Let's start with President Nixon and his whole impeachment. Well, what did President Nixon do? Well, he obstructed justice. Okay, that, that's a fact, which under our current laws is a felony. The process to impeach him took 14 months of hearings in addition to special prosecutors' investigation. So 14 months. Remember that. That's important. The Clinton impeachment, coming fast forward to President Clinton, well, he was impeached on uh, article of perjury, which is also a felony. There was an independent counsel's investigation that had been ongoing for years before the House Judiciary Committee did anything, and there were mountains of evidence and mountains of testimony from firsthand factual witnesses. Compare those two to President Trump. Does anyone know, just off the top of your head, how long the impeachment process took for President Trump? 12 weeks. That's it. 12 weeks. Nixon, 14 months. Clinton was years of an investigation and they had evidence, you know, and and testimony from from factual witnesses. So the the Democrats took 12 weeks for this whole process. And I mentioned one of the articles that they came to, um, the first one being abuse of power. Now, this is so vague and honestly doesn't hold water at all. You know, we talked about the phone call and kind of the history there and whatnot, and how they claim it was abuse of power because they think he's trying to get dirt on Joe Biden. Not the case. Honestly, not the case, people. He was, again, just trying to find out what happened to the $8 billion, and he was trying to do his job for the American people. Okay? That's it. The second, the second article of impeachment that they came up with is even more laughable. It is absolutely hilarious. If you didn't know... They claim that he uh, obstructed Congress. Now, that sounds all official. That sounds very serious. Obstruction of Congress. Well, unless you think about it, um, the president, who is the executive branch, Congress, who is the legislative branch, and then there's the, the judiciary. All three of those are co-equal members of the government. Co-equal. That means they are equal to each other. It's called checks and balances. They cannot, he, well, the president, I'm sorry, the president cannot obstruct Congress and, and have that be an article of impeachment. He's supposed to obstruct Congress. He's supposed to keep them in check. So what they're claiming he did was they wanted him to have certain people testify from the White House. Well, he said no. And that's his executive right. He's allowed to do that. He's allowed to say no because there's a lot of sensitive information in the White House. So he said, no, you're not going to have him testify. So what happens when this situation comes up? And trust me, it's happened. It happened in both uh, with Nixon. It happened both uh, with Nixon and Clinton. The Congress wanted testimonies 
from people in the White House. The White House said, no, mm -mm, not going to happen. Well, when there's that impasse between two branches of the government, the legislative and the executive, they turn to, oh, what do you think? The judiciary, the third part. There's the judiciary where the Supreme Court comes in, they listen to it, and they determine if the person, you know, the person or people from the White House should testify or whatever it is that the, the request is. And they make a ruling. Well, guess what, guys? The Democrats didn't want to take the time to do that. They didn't want to go to the court. So they just made up this crap article of impeachment about obstruction of Congress. And the reason that they didn't want to go to the, the judiciary, the Supreme Court on this, is because precedent has been put forward. And this, this very thing has been tried before. And every single time the judiciary has come back and said it is the president's right to withhold those testimonies. So the Democrats knew that if they took the time to go through the courts, they weren't going to get this. So again, this article of impeachment, obstruction of Congress, is, is absolutely stupid. It makes no sense. And other than sounding official, it has no weight whatsoever. And it's an absolute bogus charge. This really comes down to due process. And, and due process is not something that's meant to maximize, you know, it's not meant to maximize the convenience of the prosecutor, but it's actually there to protect the accused. So this whole thing that we have in place is to protect the accused, in this case, President Trump. Remember that President Nixon's impeachment took 14 months. Clinton's investigation and impeachment took years. But President Trump, 12 weeks. Does that not seem a little unfair and imbalanced and Honestly, maybe abuse of power on the part of Congress. I don't know. Sounds like they're being pretty abusive to me. All right, guys, I know that I've thrown a lot of information at you. So let's take a quick break and we'll be back here in just a moment. So we've basically come to the point in this whole process 
of where the Senate should have the articles of impeachment. Now, what can the Senate do once they have them, which I should mention they do not. We'll talk about that here in a second. But if the Senate has the articles of impeachment, they get to do one of three things. One, they can just throw it out. If they decide to do that, if the Democrats ever were to gain control of the Senate again, they could literally go back and impeach again and and retry. And then literally at that point in time, they could have the president removed from office. You know, And if that's Trump, if he's reelected, they would definitely want to do that, I'm sure. The second option is they can acquit him. Now, if they acquit him of the charges that are found in the Articles of Impeachment, then um, double jeopardy applies, which means literally they cannot retry him on these charges ever again. The third option is they can actually have a full-scale trial. Now, from what I've read and what I've heard, I don't think this is going to happen um, unfortunately, the the Senate really believes that you know they've got this locked and loaded. They don't need to do anything with having a trial because it may cause more problems. I've got some opinions as to why I think that is, but that's not what we're going to discuss here now. We don't want to take up that much time going into my theories on that because um, they could take up quite a bit more time. So I, I will mention that even though this was highly partisan, and fell pretty much along party lines. There were a few Democrats in the House that exercised a modicum of common sense. And just so I can give props to those that that did something right, you know, um, Representative Jerry Van Drew from New Jersey, he actually voted nay on both articles of impeachment. So hats off to that patriot. Uh, Colin Peterson of Minnesota voted nay on both articles. Hats off to that patriot as well. Uh, Jared Golden from Maine voted nay on the obstruction of Congress, so he saw that for the ridiculousness that it was. And then Tulsi Gabbard, who you may have heard in the news is running for president, um, she simply said that she was present. Um, so she had didn't want to vote for either one necessarily, but she did say that she was present at the time of the vote. So where does that leave us at this time? Well, at this point, we are sitting here waiting for Nancy Pelosi and her self-righteousness to uh, hand over the articles of impeachment to the Senate so they can decide what they're going to do. However, it should be noted that in typical Democrat fashion, um, they're withholding that right now. And the reason they're withholding the articles of impeachment is because they don't feel, get this, that there will be a fair trial in the Senate because basically the Republicans control it. So they're holding out. So so Nancy and her team of people say they're holding on to those articles of impeachment because they want to uh, basically dictate to the Senate as to what they can and can't do. They want to tell them how to proceed. And in the opinion of this humble podcaster, um, absolutely not. They had their way in the House. They set the rules. And at this point in time, it's time for the Senate to do their job. So, you know, I, I, I have so much I want to say about that, but I'm going to digress because we need to get to a couple things here um, that were said. I want to play some clips and some things like that because there was a lot that was said that, in my opinion, um, shows exactly what the Democrats were really up to and that this was not, um, as you may have heard, a somber and solemn event. And, and I'll be honest with you, if I hear the word somber and solemn one more time from a Democrat, I'm going to literally lose my mind. My head's going to explode. 
So this first clip I want to share with you is a highlight of how the Democrats felt about impeachment then, around the time that President Clinton was impeached, and how they feel about it now that President Trump's being impeached. And obviously Clinton was a Democrat and Trump is not. So take special note of, of what their stance is then versus now. We are here today because the Republicans in the House are paralyzed with hatred. And until the Republicans free themselves of this hatred, our country will suffer. With allegiance to our founders and a heart full of love for America. Today, I am asking our chairman to proceed with articles of impeachment. There must never be a narrowly voted impeachment or an impeachment supported by one of our major political parties and opposed by the other. And if there's and no Republican votes... So be it. it's, up, it's up to them to decide whether they want to be patriots or partisans. It seems to me that no good case has been made for witnesses. Trials have witnesses. That's what trials are all about. Nowhere in the Constitution does it say any or all crimes and misdemeanors. If we cannot vote to impeach, then we ought to just modify the Constitution and get rid uh, of impeachment altogether. Oh my gosh, do I get a kick out of that? Particularly the one where he says that there should never be an impeachment that's uh, one major party and, the, and not the other party. Holy cow, did you not see what you just did in the House of Representatives? What a complete sham. What a complete crock. This was completely a clown show, one-sided, and it was all about the Democrats being butthurt because their candidate had not won the election, and they want to overturn the voice of the people. So let's move on to another clip. Okay, this next clip is all about uh, the Democrats and their love, absolute heartfelt love of the Constitution and how it must be upheld, which I do agree. But coming from Democrats, let's be honest, this is the biggest bunch of malarkey. It is one of the things they do when it's convenient for them. They could care less about the Constitution. All we've heard is that it's an old, dusty document. It doesn't mean anything. It's outdated. It needs to be updated, modified. The founders were rich white men that didn't care about. They were racist and slave owners and da 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 So when I hear them now at the time of impeachment of a president, a duly elected president, talking about this, I absolutely, it just, again, it showcases what a sham this whole process was. And after this clip, I'm going to play one by good old Chuck Todd uh, and what he thinks, uh, President Trump thinks of the Constitution. On this solemn day, I'm, I recall that the first order of business for members of Congress is the solemn act to take an oath to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States. But our duty, first and foremost, is to protect the Constitution and to protect the interests of the American people. That is why we must take this solemn step today. Ben Franklin said we have a republic if we can keep it. Just remind us of the words of George Washington, the Constitution is a guide which I will never abandon. What a bunch of hypocrites. Oh, the more I listen to these clips, the more blood is going to squirt out of my eyes and ears. Uh, but in the name of showing you what we're dealing with here, let's get to Chuck Todd. You know, I think this is the real challenge with, with sort of dealing with this president is that I don't think he really even appreciates the Constitution. 
<laughs> he doesn't appreciate the Constitution, Chuck. I'm going to be sick. He doesn't seem to sort of understand the founding. I mean, I think one of the fairest oh, criticisms of him by a story is, is painful. he doesn't seem to understand the story of America, if you will. And the story of America begins in those pages in the Constitution. So I don't think he really appreciates These are the same people, I like I said, that say the Constitution is an old, dusty document. It was very dismissive. Oh, these are just more silly rules. Um, you know, it's no different than a zoning hearing. I mentioned earlier that Nancy Pelosi and her fellow Democratic leadership were all talking about how solemn this day is and how, you know, they're reverencing it. And it's with great solemnity of heart and blah, 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 blah. Well, I can tell you at least one, and I have an idea, probably more, aren't taking it too solemn. Let's check out one Democrat in particular and see if you can tell me who it is. Hey, everyone. I am on my way to the United States House floor. <laughs> to impeach <laughs> President Trump Woo. on behalf of my incredible district, 13 District Strong. Let's do that. In case you couldn't place the voice, that is one of your favorite people, uh, mine too, one of the members of the squad, Rashida Tlaib. And uh, isn't it interesting how she sounds like she's got a bounce in her step and she's on her way to impeach the president. And one of her little staffers giggles in the background and we hear a woo. And that's, that's definitely what you sound like when you are somber and <clears throat> taking very seriously the work you're doing. But no, I, I don't think there was much solemnity with, with uh, Rashida on this one at all. And lastly, as we get ready to close out the show here, I would like to flip over to the other side of the aisle and give a couple uh, people who are in the president's corner a, a minute to speak here. These are two clips that I found that were absolutely spot on. Um, the first one is from Representative Devin Nunez, and, uh, and then the second one is Representative Russ Fulcher. So let's hear what, uh, what Representative Nunez has to say. As it turns out, the American people don't think a routine phone call with a foreign leader is a good basis for ousting a U.S. president. The Democrats also put forth ever-changing accusations against the president, including campaign finance violations, quid pro quos, election interference, bribery, extortion. Eventually, they ended up with the ridiculous charges we consider today. Abuse of power, an utterly meaningless term, and obstruction of Congress. One Democrat has pronounced the president guilty simply because he won't cooperate with their plan to railroad him. But the only thing President Trump is guilty of is beating Hillary Clinton. The Democrats refuse to accept that loss, and now they're indicating they'll continue their impeachment efforts even after this one fails in the U.S. Senate. Could not agree with you any more, Representative Nunez, on that wonderfully spelled out. Uh, sentiment there. It is exactly nothing more than the Democrats are hurt uh, that Hillary Clinton lost, and that's what the people wanted, and they're going to throw a temper tantrum and kick and scream and do whatever they can until they get their way. But like he said, this is not going to make it through in the Senate. So now, last, last as we're getting done here, let's go ahead and hear from Representative Fulcher and, uh, and see what he had to say. Someone's recognized for 30 seconds. Thank you, Madam Speaker. In a day heavy in verbal debate, I choose to use my time to enumerate in detail every high crime and misdemeanor committed by the President of the United States. I will do so now. 
Now, if you get a chance to look this video up, this silence is him standing at the microphone, literally just looking around the room, which tells you <laughs> it's hilarious to watch. What he's saying is the president didn't do anything wrong, and he's absolutely 100% correct. So if you get a chance to look up this video, you'll back. Well, everyone, I have run the course of the show, and, and I think the case is pretty pretty well laid out. Common sense has been applied to this, and as you can see, this is complete and utter lunacy. It's ridiculous. Unfortunately, the House got their way. President Trump has been impeached, and if they will ever forward this on to the Senate, he's not going to get convicted. He'll stay in office, and I really feel that chances are good he is going to actually be reelected. The American people are sick and tired of this garbage. And in common sense Democrats, you're, I mean, we're talking your regular run-of-the-mill American patriotic Democrats are sick of it. The, the party has wasted three and a half years doing absolutely nothing but trying to impeach our president. And yeah, they won. They won the battle, but the war is far from over, and I really think this is going to backlash on them. So with that being said, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. I hope you learned a lot about what impeachment is, how it happens, the history of things, and and really a nuts and bolts of what happened. You know, if President Trump had done something wrong, I would be calling him out for it. I am not one of these people that thinks he is perfect. He's not. He is a good man, a great leader, but he's not perfect. His policies aren't perfect. But in this instance, he did nothing wrong. That is the truth. I don't care what anyone says. That is the truth, and that is all you need to know. So with that being said, I'd like to wrap things up here and say thank you once again for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it thoroughly, and please pass this along to your friends, coworkers, people on Facebook, Twitter, Parler, you know, Gab Social, whatever it is, pass it along, send them a link, because I really want to reach out and help as many people as I can. That's what I like to do. So again, without further ado, thanks for tuning in, and until we meet again, have a great day. And just as a reminder, whatever platform you're listening to the podcast on, please be sure to like us, um, give us a five-star rating, and leave any comments whatsoever. You can also comment on all of our social media platforms. would love to hear from you. And just as a quick reminder, you can reach us on those platforms by email at commonsensepodcast at fastmail.com, on Gab Social and Parlor at commonsensepodcast, and on minds.com, also at commonsensepodcast. And if you're still using Twitter... Find us at Com Sense Podcast. So that's at C O M Sense Podcast. And in the meantime, just remember this key principle there is nothing more uncommon today than common sense. <laughs> <laughs>